Today we're wrapping up our series, Free to Fly. I have enjoyed this opportunity to share from my heart uh, regarding the sabbatical and what the Lord spoke to me during sabbatical. Two weeks ago, anyone remember what that topic was? I forgive you for not remembering. It was forgiveness, that's right, unforgiveness, a roadblock to true freedom we have in Christ. Last week we discussed, yes, four of you got it, that's awesome. Faith, how to live by faith, how to build your life on the rock, Christ Jesus. All circumstances, good, bad, and ugly, even when life is hard, that you would have a real faith in Jesus that's effective and powerful, even a faith that, I might add, could affect generations. Today we're talking about family, and not so much our biological families, but our spiritual family, and how true freedom is found in community. We're free to fly, we're untethered, not as lone rangers, but as a community of believers. Now, there's so much in the Bible about community, example after example in the book of Acts. Read any letter from Paul, you're going to hear about community. And I think in a society that is currently valuing coming together, in my opinion, less and less, where it feels like most connections are made either over a computer screen or maybe a smartphone, it might be good and wise for us to dive back into the Word and see why we should contend on meeting with one another. We want to see what Scripture has to say about all this. Because in the natural, outside of Jesus and outside of His Word, I'm not so sure coming together always sounds like the best idea. Just being honest there, two reasons. One, life is messy. You can turn me down a little bit. And two, I mean, one, life is hard. Two, people are messy. Anyone agree with that? Life is busy. You got a lot on your plate. And when you're committing to gathering with other Christ followers, you are committing to taking this sacred free time that you have where you aren't at your job and you're not doing anything else, and you're declaring that it is worth it to you to use your free time to what? To engage in a community full of imperfect people just like me. And so we want to see what the Bible has to say about that. Like the last two weeks, I'm not even coming close to addressing every issue regarding community. We are... uh, pretty late as it is, but I'm just scratching the surface. But I want to share what the Lord spoke to me while on sabbatical. Part of my time was spent in Brunswick, Maine. You've ever been to Brunswick, Maine? Show your hands. Real high. Real high. No, just higher. (laughs) Spent a week in Brunswick, Maine. While in Brunswick, Wayne, Brunswick, Wayne, Brunswick, Maine, I stayed in a hotel. Can you guess what the hotel was called? No, it was called the Daniel I'm not even joking. I saw it. I was like, i got to say it, the Daniel. My, my brother Jeff was actually with me, and we went on this, don't show the picture yet, but we went on this mailboat in Maine. You ever been on a mailboat before? Guess what a mailboat does? It delivers mail. Yeah. Um, and so we, we went to these islands, uh, five different islands that delivered mail. But they delivered more than mail. They delivered dishwashers. They delivered refrigerators. They also delivered this. That's a honey bucket. I took more pictures of the honey bucket than anything else on that trip. But you would stop at these islands, and there are many islands around there, a lot more than those five that we stopped at. But then this next picture, you'll see in in the distance that there's some houses. I know it's hard for you to see, but there's some houses over there on that island. And right away, if you look closely, you'll notice that there aren't any roads on this island. Many of those islands had no roads, and so they used golf carts to get around the island. Don't you know there was a part of me that thought, wow, to live on an island without roads, that sounds amazing. 
Like, I can live on an island on the other side of the country that no one can get to, right? What a perfect way to spend the rest of my days. And I thought that way, and I really did think that way. Um, I checked the, real, the realtor.com and saw if there was any for sale. It's actually quite expensive to live on the island, just so you know. But I thought that way because there's aspects of community, church community, that just are not my favorite. I actually can be quite fearful in a community like this. I often live in fear of people. I get it. I know it's wrong. I know in the Bible it says, don't fear man, fear God. But it's one of my many weaknesses, an area the Lord is still working on me in. And so when you see this island, when I see this island away from people without any roads, it almost felt like a place where heaven meets earth. But the Lord was good to me this summer. He allowed some things to happen for me to experience some supernaturally powerful moments of his presence, not alone on an island, but instead they were found in the context of community. You know, I've been sharing these impactful times, and and most of them for the last two weeks on purpose have been just me and the Lord. None of those, by the way, compared to the experiences I had this summer in community. I had the privilege of visiting quite a few different churches uh, while in sabbatical. Evergreen Foursquare down in Auburn. Church of Joy just down the road in Edgewood. Northwest Church. Many of you guys know that church over in Federal Way. I visited a Foursquare church in Gillette, Wyoming. And I went to a vineyard church out in Brunswick, Maine. I also went to Bethel, if you've heard of Bethel, down in Redding, California, and wow, I'm just in these communities, I had such moving experiences, supernatural moments where I just knew in a tangible way I was in the presence of God. I'll never forget as I stood with the rest of the church in Brunswick, Maine, again, this, this vineyard church, and we were extending our hands out to pray for the Baptist church in town. And my Presbyterian brother, Jeff, he was standing next to me and we just looked at each other while this was going on and we knew that was a holy moment. I'll never forget uh, worshiping with Church of Joy. They had their Friends Day, and it was an outdoor service. And as we sang those songs outside in the fresh air, it's actually kind of one of you live really close to, to there. Your backyard bumps up against their property. But I just thought, wow, the praise that is filling the atmosphere, filling this air, so very powerful to me. Or Mary, when we went to that church in Gillette, Wyoming, Mary said, I have a word for one of the pastors. So we waited until uh, she was done talking to everyone. Mary shared that word with her, and it just ministered to that person or being down in Evergreen, down in Auburn. Again, that's where my brother Doug is a pastor. I didn't, I kind of made a mistake. I didn't tell anyone I was coming. So guess who wasn't there? Doug. (laughs) Doug wasn't there. And my sister Christine and my brother-in-law Joel are the worship leaders there. They weren't there. Uh, But thankfully, my brother's daughter, Kaisa, many of you guys know Kaisa Bursch, she was there leading worship. Well, she was leading worship, and I'll never forget what she did. She had a young teenager, actually my cousin's daughter. Much of uh, my family and relatives go to that church. Well, uh, my cousin's daughter, she led one of these songs, and it was her first time. And so she was nervous, and and if you've ever been in that moment before, she was nervous. But then you saw that boldness come over her as she led us in worship, and of course all of us were just crying. All of us moved to tears. Or even being at Northwest Church a couple of weeks ago, they were offering prayer during worship, which I thought was awesome and really amazing. But have you ever been there before? It's kind of like this, but then there's a ramp that goes up to the back. And when I'm in those kinds of settings, guess where I was sitting? Up the ramp in the corner all by myself. But then they say, hey, does anyone need prayer? 
Have you ever had that moment when the pastor says, hey, does anyone need prayer? And all of a sudden your hands get a little sweaty, your heart starts beating a little fast, your knees begin to shake. You ever been there before? Or am I alone on that? Right? You know what I'm talking about. And finally I got the boldness, the courage to walk forward. And I just heard this news about my assignment at the edge and I needed prayer. I'm kneeling at the altar and a man comes over, puts his hand on my back, kneels with me and he prays. For me, or the moment maybe in Virginia, uh, Christiansburg, Virginia, I was actually between uh, Blacksburg and Christiansburg on a 13 mile hike. And I ran into a lady who was lost and she says, I don't know how to get back to Christiansburg. And I was like, well, I do, which is funny because I didn't know anything about the area, but I just come from there. So I just turned around and walked back where I came from. But she starts giving me this testimony how she became a Christian back in 2011. She was so radically changed by the power of Christ that she moved to Christ, uh, to Blacksburg, Virginia. Virginia to be a part of a church there gives me her whole testimony we're about to split uh and go our separate ways and I said hey is it all right if I pray for you and church life spring we were able to have church right there on that trail to Christiansburg and then I want to tell you about a Friday night service at Bethel in Reading Bethel has a Friday night service and there's no child care so here's a picture of Ava and Addie and bless their little hearts there they are don't go to the next picture yet um, I'm so proud of my girls for sitting through that service. But here's the next picture. That's just me. Because I was really bored because we got there way, way too early. But then the service started. And guess how long that service was? I'll tell you, it was two and a half hours long. So proud of my girls for sitting through a two and a half hour service. But it was awesome. It was such a special time in God's presence. I, I realized, even convicted, i got to learn how to sit in His presence. There was so much joy, so much happiness in that place. You felt it. You knew that the Lord was there. And I guess I realized that I experienced His presence, the actual tangible presence of God, most clearly in community. And I've had radical experiences by myself in God's presence. I'll never forget. I, I worked at a church called Life Center North in Spokane. I opened the door, went into one of the classrooms there, and I just fell down. And I started rolling around, and I just sang, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, there is a King who is worthy in this place. And he gave me the verses and the chorus and the bridge all in that moment. I'll never forget, back in 2008, many of you guys know I had the herniated disc issues. And so I went to this uh, gathering like this, and they were praying. They thought they were praying for a whole other issue. But one of the guys took his two fingers put them right where my herniated disc where the minute he touched my back I was healed in the presence of God in the presence of his community do you remember when I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit I'll never forget that moment a powerful time in the presence of God and we can be confident of his presence can't we we even have scriptures to back that up don't we Jesus himself says where two or three are gathered together in my name there am I in the middle of them He's here right now. He's here as I'm talking and blabbing away. He's here. When we gather, you and I gather, he is here. Uh, First, Peter says it a little differently. I, I love this way of thinking about it. He says, you, you all are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. You and I, living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What was that temple even about, right? For the Jewish people, it was the place where God's presence dwelt, where heaven met earth. And yet Peter and Paul and these other early Christians, they saw that, no, 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 we do not need the actual temple now to meet with God. Instead, they would declare that we are the temple. I am the temple and we are the temple. As you Read in the Bible, Paul says, don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. 
And so much as sabbatical was an opportunity to get that time of rest and refreshing, and oh, I love that opportunity, thankful for that opportunity. But church, in those ten weeks, God showed me I am made for community. I'll put it even simpler than that. I missed you. I missed you, church. I missed you. In fact, I thought of it this way. The Christian life is not a one-man sport. Many of you know I used to be addicted to athletics and sporting competitions. Anyone know my two sports growing up? Yeah, tennis and basketball. Basketball is a team sport. Tennis, right? Not so much. It's just you against the enemy. Church, we're basketball, right? We are made for community. It is a team sport. Again, there's a lot of verses I could go to, but I want to try to stick to only the ones I, I, I read during sabbatical. Last week, I handed out a little book called Following Jesus. Did anybody read that little book yet? Yeah, read it. It's really good. Uh, pray over it and ask the Lord who you can give that to. But in there, the author, he, he has a whole chapter on what church is. And he highlights Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, which was actually our daily reading this morning, so I don't think that's a coincidence. But listen to what Paul says. He says, I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. He's really high, isn't he? Like he's just way up there. Not only in this world, but guess what? Also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Verse 23. And the church is, say it with me, his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Verse 23. The church is his body. I love the next part. It is made what? It's made full and it is made complete in Christ who fills all things everywhere by himself. We're the body of Christ. Made full, made complete in Christ. Isn't that wonderful, LifeSpring? Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? I, that gets me excited to think that when we gather, we are full right now. We are complete because Christ has filled us to completeness and fullness. The clearest picture of Jesus that I'm ever going to see on this side of eternity before I see him face to face, church, it's right here when I'm surrounded by other followers. Why would I say that? Because he just told me that you are the body of Christ. And so when I see you, his body, guess who I see? I see Jesus. I see Jesus. And so this summer when Sundays actually came around, I, I got giddy. I couldn't wait to get into a church service. Like, let me in. Open the doors. Because it became such a lifeline for me. It became a place where I was filled and encouraged and sent out full of the Lord. Again, anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you just like, I, uh, uh, one of our guys prayed this over our leadership team today. He's just like, he was so thankful to be in community. Anyone know what I'm talking about, right? Where you just long for the opportunity to engage with, to commune with the body of Christ, with Jesus. I, I love uh, what the person doing announcements said about life groups and next level classes. That's why life groups, next level classes, anything like that, they are vital. They're so important. I am encouraged by the large amount of people we have signed up. If you haven't signed up, sign up. And why do we sign up? Because there's a part of us that understands, man, I need community. And I don't know if I can wait another seven days until I gather with other believers again. And so whether it's a Wednesday night life group or a Thursday night men's group or a Thursday night women's group or a Sunday night next level class, there are these encounters with Jesus and his body that encourage us in our faith. They strengthen our walk, our walk with Christ. It's important that we don't give up on this church. We've all been tempted to give up on it. But we've got to stay connected to his body. This is what Hebrews says. 
Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So don't give up. (laughs) My brother Jeff, he he said that uh, in Maine. He goes, you know what I think people need to hear more than anything else as a pastor? And I was like, what? He goes, tell them don't give up. And I, I agree. Like, just don't give up. Move forward. Take a step forward. Don't take a step. I just prayed that over Colby and Bree. Don't take a step back. Take a step forward. Move forward, as that verse says, in works of love, in good works. Move forward in encouraging one another. But then I love the next part. I'm going to keep on reading because sometimes we just pull them out of context. But let's read what, what it says after that. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, There is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. Maybe I should have stopped at verse 25. (laughs) Keep on reading. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Pretty serious statement. But when I think about my own journey, the greatest, and and some of you are going to agree with me on this one, the greatest moments of conviction where I was convicted of areas of sin that were leading me down a dangerous and destructive path, or the greatest moments of repentance where I laid myself out bare before the Lord in true surrender, true brokenness, they were found in a setting just like this, in community with the body of Christ. Because there's something about being here in a place where I see his body, where I see Jesus, that my sin is exposed and my sin is brought into the light. I remember leading worship and ording at a church over there in 1998, 1999. And I'll never forget just being on the front step of that stage, just bawling my eyes out, crying out to the Lord, audibly wailing before the Lord, asking Jesus for help. There have been so many wonderful times, whether it's a Bible study or a men's group or my college group in Wyoming, where I felt so loved and encouraged as I confessed my sins, repented of my sins, and I received that encouragement from the body of Christ. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Again, we need community. It's so good, and yet it's so hard. It's so hard. (laughs) It's so good, but it's so hard. It's hard. I mean, any of us can do this. I've done this. You've done this, where you just kind of dwell on all the negative things that happen in community. Right? You ever pull out the list? Positives, negatives. And the negatives, there's a long list of negatives. Have you noticed that? Like you have to flip the page of the journal to keep on writing all the negatives of being in community. I have those as well. In fact, sometimes that list is so long that you're kind of like, you know what? That island in Maine is looking pretty good. But church, in faith, I have decided I'm not going to live my life or create a theology that is based just on that negative column. Because if we dwell on the negative, we're going to miss out on all the positives. 
And one of the positives of living in a Christ-centered community is that my sin and your sin is exposed in the presence of his body. Any darkness that, I, that I've been carrying is exposed by the light of Christ that shines through his body. And now I have the opportunity to be set free to truly soar with Christ. Aren't you thankful for the spiritual growth that happens deep within us as we engage with the body of Christ? I was going to say this, but I'm not going to say it. I was going to say, and that's why there's so many empty seats today. Because they felt that conviction and decided to stay home. But I'm not going to say that. <laughs> and so for me... Yeah, I mean, there was a part of me that wanted to somehow get on that island. I mean, just the thought of having my own little golf cart. Mine would be pink and have a really cool horn. <laughs> riding around the island. I just, man, that sounds good. But he showed me in such a loving way that there's no option for truly being free in my walk with Jesus without community. Community, again, I want to say this as clearly as I can. It's a place where the darkness in me is exposed. And I grow in my walk with the Lord. I am transformed. I am changed. Praise the Lord. Along with that, and I'm almost done, but the Lord encouraged me this summer that in His body, I have a part to play. That in His body, I have a part to play. I often struggle with that. I ask that question all the time. How do I fit in? Where do I fit in? You ever struggle with anything like that? Right? I mean, just do I even have a part? Do I even have a role? And yet the Bible says, now you are the body of Christ. And he says, each one of you, except for Pastor Dan, has a part. No, wait, never mind. Each, no, each one of you is a part of it. Paul explains chapter 12 of Corinthians uh, how important each part is. It's beautiful, actually. He even talks about the seemingly small, the seemingly insignificant parts that they are all needed. And when I read this chapter this, this summer, my faith just began to rise and I was encouraged. And I felt like the Lord whispered to me, Dan, you have a part. You have a part to play in the body of Christ. Now you have a part to play. And what your part looks like, I mean, I'm not going to even tell you what that looks like. It's probably going to be different for each person. But whatever your part is, play it. Right? Whatever your part, play it and play it well. Get in the game. Play your part, shine the light of Christ. I don't have time to read that whole chapter. Please read it, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. I think the more you recognize that you are a needed part of the body, the more all of us play our part in the body, the world around us. Hey, just think of, just go, go with me on this. The more that I recognize my part, the more that you recognize your part, the more that all of us begin to play our part, the more that the world around us is going to see. Who are they going to see, church? Who are they going to see? They're going to see Jesus. They're going to see Jesus. Church, again, I'm so happy to be back here at LifeSpring. I'm feeling good. Uh, first couple of weeks, I was like, man, is this a good idea to have a job ever again? <laughs> but I'm back. Uh, I'm thankful for the services we've had. I've experienced more of God, more of His kingdom in the past two weeks than I ever would living on that island. And let's be honest, right? This ain't no fairy tale. I probably wouldn't be as stressed out. Right? My, my numbers at the office, at the doctor's office, they might be better. But church, I would be missing out on so much because it's with you, 
with my brothers and sisters in Christ, with LifeSpring Church, that I, Daniel Allen Burst, that I experienced transformation, that I experienced growth. It's with you, with all the positives, but even with all the negatives, throw it all into the pot. I don't care because it's with you that I experienced the powerful, life-changing presence of God where His Spirit, the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, it is raising up us up together in new life with Christ. Hallelujah. I've asked Jesse Mendoza to come on up. He's going to share from his own experience regarding community. As you know, he and Debbie made this huge transition from Belize to Michigan. And then within a year, made another huge transition from Michigan to Edgewood. I think he has a perspective that we all need to hear. Would you please welcome Jesse to the stage? Thanks, buddy. Good morning. All right. So, you know, it's fascinating and an honor and privilege for me to be sharing with you this morning uh, on the topic of community. One of the things I love about LiveSpring and being a part of and getting to serve under pastors, Dan and Mary, is that as authentic as they are in front of you, it is who they are every single day. And it's an incredible thing to serve under a pastor who's real all the time and not just up here giving you a show. He's the same person everywhere. I mean, you notice, if you spend any measure of time with Pastor Dan, even if you're visiting here today, his energy, his drive, his passion for ministry, and whether it be singing, preaching, how he worships, it's evident. Uh, let's give them a round of applause. Thanks, buddy. And so I don't know about you, but it encourages me in my faith and how I pursue Christ. Not in a condemning way, but it encourages me to strive for a greater relationship with Christ. I start there because just a year ago, we did not know about Edgewood or Lifespring or Pastor Dan. I mean, we all didn't know each other. You didn't know me, but the difference a year makes. Right around this time last year, Pastor Dan and I, we were in the early days and discussions of me coming to work with Lifespring, and he said, we want to fly you guys in, so we came. And uh, we were only here a couple of days, but what has been consistent is that from the first day we visited, your welcome, grace, and warmth have been constant. I mean, a couple of days in, isn't enough to know someone. But when we walked in that November morning and headed to the airport after service, I thought to myself, this is a place where I can be fed. This is a place where we can be fed. This is a place where we can grow. See, one of the amazing things about community is that none of us are as good as all of us. Mm, I'm in covenant with you and with God. And we are able to accomplish way more in this group in community than we're able to accomplish alone. So God needs you close to people. That's important to him. Hebrews 10:24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deed. In this verse, we just read the invitation must be responded to individually. But the response is also a corporate side. We are members of a community. A mutual encouragement to make a full commitment is crucial. To, stir up, to spur one another forward. This is not to say that community is without its challenges. You heard Pastor Dan just say so. 
When we decided to make the move, I started experiencing many of the emotions that accompany change. The hardest thing for us when we started integrating into community here at LifeSpring was expectation. It's not that any had been placed on me or on us, but coming from a different culture, not just Belize, but Michigan as well. And when we felt like, yes, we got Michigan under lock, you know, then we're moving somewhere else. And so even now, at times, it's hard when I'm thinking in British English, when I'm thinking in Spanish, when I'm thinking in Creole, and not necessarily in that order, but, but it's a challenge at times. And even today, you know, because change does not happen overnight. It's constant. And there's excitement that comes with moving, but the process of a new community is complicated at times. Community is messy. And pastors always do it. And I don't like when they do this. But I want you to look to the person beside you (laughs) and say that it's messy because of you. (laughs) And then I want you to look to the other person and say it's messy because of me. Oh, it's messy because of me. So, yes, it's it's messy. It's messy because of you. you. It's messy because of me. Our emotions, opinion, worldview, humanness, and our sinful nature play a hand in it being messy. And no church is perfect. And I can repeat that to myself, to you, till I'm blue in the face. And I can tell you the same, and it won't be enough. But God uses blemished and flawed humans to share his love with the world. Every person sitting in here needs the same grace I do. And we should be quick to offer it to each other instead of assuming the worst. It is an important truth to remember as people will always fall short, but God still loves and uses us regardless. Somehow we forget this. And I want to parallel it this way. So let's say you find out that you have this cavity. You don't go cold turkey and go tell your dentist, you know what, doc, I decided I'm going to pull out all my teeth. You don't do that, right? You don't do that. But somehow that is our approach when we have been hurt or when we've been offended in community or when community becomes hard. I mean, you'd press in and say, doc, tell me what I need to do. I'll start brushing my teeth more. I'll cut out sugar. Well, maybe I'll cut out the sugar, you know. And you work on it. You do what you need to do to save that tooth. And if all else fails, you pull that tooth and carry on and try to get it repaired or replaced. Lifespring, we need to press into community when the cavities pop up, when it becomes hard. Another tricky thing about community is that I've gained at least 10 pounds since we've got here. How many of you can agree? I mean, not only me, but that you guys have gained some pounds as well, you know? Not, not just me. <laughs> so, we, you know, that's a tricky thing. But, you know, the thing about that is here at LifeSpring, we have a life group solution for that. You can always attend Kent's CrossFit workout <laughs> group and do a Jericho march or something of that sort. You can always do that. But moving on. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all, all the more as you see the day approaching. Collective and corporate worship is an essential and indispensable part of spiritual life. 
The warning here is against the abandonment of belief. The scripture says, but encouraging. Encouraging takes a form of comfort, advice, or strengthening, even in difficult times. And because it's a vital part of spiritual life, it's also one of the reasons why the enemy will always attack your relationships relentlessly. If you feel like your relationships are always under attack and there's offense here, offense there, I don't want you to think that it's by happenstance. See, if the enemy can get you off on your own, only thinking about yourself, then he's got you right where he wants you. Your full potential can only be reached when you're in covenant relationship and community with other people. That said, the best thing about our journey in community at Lifespring, and I mentioned it briefly earlier, was and is the welcome and collective embrace that felt like it provided grace for us to be ourselves and make mistakes. Like I can't remember what it feels like to not know the people of Lifespring. And I can't imagine or think of what it would feel like or where we would be had we not come to know you, the people of Lifespring. Community is messy. It's difficult. We misunderstand each other all the time. I mean, I'm the guy who says, why der community? And people thought I was saying, why ter community? You know, I, I, I was saying, Let, let's, let's reach the wider community, but, you know. <laughs> I'm also the guy who said, you know, uh, oh, we're giving out Christmas hampers. We did that in Belize, and others thought I was talking about giving people a basket full of dirty Christmas clothes. No. And so this brings me to my last point, though, which is you can't rush community. You can't rush it, nor can you procrastinate. We got here and hit the ground running. I think by the next week, maybe a couple at most, we were already attending a life group. You have to take risk in community. It was a risk of comfort, a risk of becoming vulnerable. And I'll pause there for a bit because when you risk like that, you can get hurt in community. And for some of you, that might be the grudge badge that you hold against a church or life group. And firstly, I want to say to you, if that's your story and you're sitting in here today or even listening online, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that has happened to you. But I'll also say that while some of my deepest hurts have come and happened in community, in community, in church, in life groups, it's also where I've received deep healing and experienced much grace, forgiveness, and growth. Amen. It took some time before I was able to look around and say, this feels like family. This feels like my heart is at home among a group of believers. But it's been worth every ounce of risk and faith. I'd much rather do it together than alone. That has come as a result of grabbing coffee with some of you. That has come as a result of summer barbecues. That has come about as a result of getting a text saying, I'm praying for you today, serving together. Just this week, Pastor Dan mentioned it. We did a dinner outreach. It was awesome. We, our team was amazing. Amen. It's doing Sunday worship together. It's being able to message our life group and others within our community, asking for prayers as we face some hard kids and grandkids situation being here. And yes, you heard me right. I did say kids and grandkids. You might be wondering, how old is this guy? <laughs> but I encourage you to dive in 
Our life groups are starting this week. You heard it said earlier. Our next level classes are beginning tonight at 6 p.m. It's time to grow and dive into community if you haven't. If you have tried community and you've been hurt in the process, it's time to start the next right step in forgiveness as we talked about in the first of this series. You can listen to that one online. Take the risk, Life Spring. Stop sitting on the sidelines and invite someone to come experience community with you. That someone might even be you. And I'll end with this. A recent survey by Facts and Trends says that 82% of the unchurched are likely to attend church if a friend, coworker, neighbor, or family member invites them. And can we pause there for a second? 82%. I want you to think about that. More than eight of the unchurched said that they would attend church if we invited them. So my question to you is, who will you invite to come experience community? Is that person even yourself? Is that a friend, coworker, neighbor, a family member? Remember, we're able to accomplish way more in this group, in community, than we're able to accomplish alone. Thank you. Would you just pray for us in this area, man? Just, just pray for us before we leave, leave out. Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord, and just a series that we've been going through, free to fly, God. And as messy as community is at times, Lord, is where we strive and we grow in you, Lord. And so I pray for those of us even within this room, and I pray for a community of life spring, God. May we be bold in sharing our faith with others. May we be bold in taking the first step and walking out community with our brothers. If that looks like someone calling up someone or saying, I'm praying for you, or let's get together, let's grab coffee, let me sign up for a life group, let me sign up for a next level class, Lord. I pray, God, that even today, Lord, that uh, as you have spoken, God, may we take the next step and sign up to be a part and actively engage in what you have called us to be. We're all flawed. We're all blemished people, God. And we're thankful that you want to partner with us and use us in this way to share your love, God, to be your hands and feet to our neighbors and the community around us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.